too many of us have got in our heads a tone of voice that is not God's tone of voice. His voice is joyful, peaceful, never frustrated, never irritated. There's life attached to his voice. In Revelation, it talks about uh, the enemy as being an accuser. It talks about him accusing the brothers and sisters 24 hours a day. To accuse is to always be pointing out a person's faults, is to always be pointing out a person's failures. An accuser always talks about a person's past. The accuser always talks about a person's limitation. Accusers, the accuser, does not come to you to improve you. He doesn't speak to help you or motivate you in closing the gap between who you are now and where the good father is taking you. Accusers never, ever, 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 ever speak to improve you. And so if a voice comes with an accusatory tone to you that says, who do you think you are to be believing that about yourself or that about where you're going or that about the purpose or the dream or the vision that you carry, if it comes and has no life in it, if it comes and has no love in it, if it comes and has no joy in it, if it comes and has no peace in it, if it comes and leaves you demotivated, despairing and heavy, dismiss it. It's not the voice of God. I would say one of the key things for the believer to understand in this journey is to discern the tone of God's voice. To discern the tone of God's voice. It says Jesus was accused, I think, at least nine times in the Gospels. He was accused of having a demon. He was accused of, if you're the son of God, I'm doubting, I'm casting aspersions on your claims of who you say you are. He was accused nine times. And the accusation never came to improve Jesus because Jesus was absolutely perfect in every single way. Tempted just like us, but never sinned. Accusation never came to him for improvement's purpose. It came to only rob him and steal from him, negate him, deny him. That's what that voice was in those nine accusations in the Gospels. Accusers never come to rescue. Saviors don't accuse. Saviors save. Saviors save. And I'd say this is so important for us in where we're heading, both individually and as a local church. Because it's so obvious we have gaps between the prophetic promise and what we're believing God for. And that's a good place to be. Because that means we've heard something that we cannot do without God. It's a good place to be, is having impossible promises. But when you have impossible promises, and you look at yourself and say, Oh well, I could join with Abraham and I can see the dead parts of who I am, and I can see the barren parts of who I am, and I've got this impossible promise... It would be easy to listen to the accuser's voice and say, do you really believe that you can be such a blessing to your workplace, your family, the supermarkets, the places where you go, and this community? Look at yourself. And that's an accusing voice 
that does not come to improve and it doesn't come to encourage, it just demotivates. But when the Father comes and when the Father speaks, he always brings life and he always brings motivation and he always brings who he is. He's the God of all hope. So when he speaks, it should always leave you full of hope. Even when he's pointing out a fundamental area of brokenness, it will always come with hope. Even when you read the Bible and it comes alive and you realise, wow, I've been so full of unbelief, even in a moment of conviction and repentance, it should always be full of hope. His voice will always lead you to his love. And I'm going to say that if it doesn't do that, you have to question whose voice you're listening to. If it's not leading to life and hope and freedom and joy, I doubt it's very much the voice of God. I I doubt it's his voice. If after listening to that voice you feel listless and lifeless and hopeless and despairing, you've not been listening to the voice of God. You've not been listening to the voice of God. And it's so important that we listen to the voice of God. Because he'll motivate us, he'll encourage us, and he'll help us Come with me, son. We're going to climb this one together. Take my hand. I'm going to be doing it in you and through you. As John Wimber says, since you can do nothing, God said to him, how much help do you need? And so I'm climbing this mountain. We're going to walk together because we're climbing a mountain called leading people to Christ in the streets. We're climbing a mountain called signs that make people wonder. We're calling, climbing a mountain called I'm going to believe who I am and what I carry and I change every atmosphere I walk in. We're climbing that mountain together. But I'm not doing it for you and I'm not going to listen to the accuser say, you call yourself, uh, you call yourself doing the work of an evangelist. And we've, we've laughed at the accuser to be voice. We have to laugh at his voice. Because if it doesn't lead to life and it doesn't lead to courage, and it doesn't lead to faith, and it doesn't lead to expectation, it's not the voice of God. I don't care how holy it speaks, and how even correct it is, it's not his voice. Even if he's right, let God speak when he wants about that. Even if you think actually he's correct. Well, has he come to save you? Because a saviour comes not just to point out what's correct, but he comes to save you. He comes to bring life. He comes to bring liberty.